Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Friday. The Lakers are through the Thanksgiving holiday. They are back at home and ready to start a stretch of the season with the big three all playing together. Maybe, Andy, are we finally going to see it? We'll talk about that. Plus Dwight Howard giving interesting interviews. All that coming up on Locked on Lakers. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day. Andy, Thanksgiving's over, but we are thankful for people making us their first listen. Uh, make another Locked On show your second listen, Locked On Bets, Locked On Fantasy, you know, preview upcoming opponents for the Lakers with a Locked On podcast. It's a great way to catch up on what's going around in the league and uh, with with uh, Scout, who the Lakers are going to be playing. So I'm an Arizona uh, Cardinals fan. I listen to Locked On Cardinals. For, for example, that's Those dudes your are informative. second listen Yeah, after listening to us. Yeah, obviously. Um, and so, all right, so Dwight Howard's given some interesting interviews. Uh, the Lakers come back to L.A., perhaps finding different aspects of what could be an identity moving forward. It's a, it's an interesting thing. I think both of us believe Andy that they've been kind of missing over the course of the first 20 or so games is figuring out just exactly what kind of team they are and what they can rely on. Um, but let's start with um, what we saw in Indiana. Uh, we're actually recording this on Wednesday ahead of the holiday for, for a Friday show, but um, you know, so LeBron comes back and dominates overtime wasn't a perfectly clean game up until that point um it wasn't the best game that he's ever had but uh certainly in the ot andy as the lakers beat indiana 124 to 116 lebron absolutely reminded everybody what it can look like um when when he gets going down the stretch in the fourth quarter two hits and big shots there i I was going to say it's really important to note that he had seven points in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter Mm -hmm. in addition to the eight to go along with overtime he was hitting threes hitting step backs doing a dance that we will know by friday whether or not it got him fined it was a kind of a hybrid of the sam cassell big ball slash uh impromptu pretending to grab your junk or (laughs) sort of alluding to that uh, we shall see. But either way, it was it was really interesting, Brian, because like the early part of that game, LeBron had some drives to the rim that ended up not going in. You know, he got blocked, I believe, on his first shot of the game by yeah, Miles Miles, Turner. I think it was Miles Turner. Yeah. Yeah, pretty emphatically. And I I had in my notes that I take, you know, during every game that the the inability to finish so far this season, even acknowledging that last season LeBron struggled to to finish at the rim to begin the season, got better as it went along. It's starting to feel like reminders that LeBron is in, by LeBron standards, decline. And he is still a great player. This is not hashtag Wash King nonsense. But everybody goes through this. And like the idea of what does it mean if LeBron goes from, say, the third or fourth best player in the league to like the 12th best player, the 14th best player, over the course of if this season or the rest of his time with the Lakers, you know, what does what does that gap mean in terms of how the Lakers are built around him? It's like almost like the difference between like Giannis and Dame. Sure. You know, 
Dame is probably you know somewhere around the tenth best player in the league, something like that. Um, yeah, or, or but Giannis well, is better. Well, it reminded me just because the, something you've talked about a lot with the idea mm-hmm. of you know LeBron's entirety uh, or LeBron's tenure with the Lakers, however long that lasts. But there's this talk about could he play at forty and beyond? You know, teammates with Bronny, that sort of thing. And you've always said like you know the idea of fourth versus twelfth. How big a deal is it? Because you're still talking about a really good player. I'm starting to think actually the answer is it's a pretty big deal. Like it doesn't mean that the the other version of LeBron isn't really good. It just means what you need from that number one guy becomes magnified that much more. That's right. But down the stretch of this game, holy crap, were we reminded of what LeBron is still capable of doing when it comes to taking over games, when it comes to putting his stamp on things, big, important shots, but also, too, versatility. Because in this game, and I know it's something we're going to talk about a lot over the course of this show, he spent a lot of time as the Lakers' five, and it unlocked a lot of good stuff with this team. Yeah, and and you know the Lakers playing without Anthony Davis with the flu on on Wednesday, and you know playing in part without Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan by choice uh, as the game went along. You know, we, we'll come back to the LeBron thing in a second, but just to talk about you know in terms of the the, the big picture stuff, but. You know, it it is it, it's it's interesting to watch. I guess these things are related because you know, for me, there, I will say this: there's a huge difference between LeBron being the third, second, third, fourth, fifth best player in the NBA uh, and the twelfth, thirteenth, and fourteenth, or whatever this year. Like, if it, if it happens this year, yeah, I agree with you one hundred percent. That is monumentally impactful. If it happens in two or three or four seasons, that's a different deal because. Anthony Davis because you have another star, whatever it might be. Um, the, the relative decline this year is important, but either way, I mean, I think one thing that is abundantly clear um, in terms of any type of discussion about decline is the idea that LeBron has to measure himself through a season and through a game in ways that he didn't have to do 10 years ago, which is understandable he's he is superhuman in in most ways but he is still a person and you know it it is very reminiscent of the ways that kobe even while he was still dominant had to pick and choose and you didn't want him going you know kind of balls out for 48 minutes 82 games a season as much as he would want to do it you know you see a lot on twitter like oh lebron's checked out early in this game lebron's not engaged i i think he is ultimately that's a lot of what that is. It's like the more I can get other guys doing, get other guys going early, it might buy me a game where I can put up, you know, 13 shots, 14 shots, and the team thrives. Um, And if I can do that, he measures that he buys himself more energy and more time for other games where he has to really do what he did on Wednesday in terms of the, the late game and the overtime. He absolutely has to do that stuff. It is, it is totally obvious and it's completely okay. Yeah, and, and you know, as always, even with great superstars in your prime, man, it, it helps a lot when you get that help. And LeBron got some of that against the Pacers. Malik Monk had a huge game coming off the bench, 17 points, eight rebounds in a game, by the way, that the Lakers tied the Pacers 52 apiece for rebounds. They're, you know, they're a team that typically gets crushed on the boards collectively. He got help in the sense that they only had 11 turnovers in with an overtime. 
which for the Lakers is the equivalent of negative turnovers over the course of a game. Like the the idea that they managed to play five extra minutes with only 11, 11 turnovers yeah. is uh, damn short of a miracle. And they got, and, and, oh, by the way, they, they got to the line 29 times. They hit 25 of them. Yeah. Uh, LeBron, uh, Ross got the line 11 times himself, made nine of them. You know, Wayne Ellington hit some outside shots. And just, again, the, the, the stuff that we saw, I, we definitely want to get into this, with LeBron at the five, in part out of necessity with AD not there, in part because I think Frank Vogel is searching for things that may work, and I would like him to consider this, at least in the, in the bucket of things that might uh, lead somewhere. They looked really good. Uh, down yeah. the stretch of this game with LeBron at the five. Well, look, I mean, is particularly with who they had available. I, I, this is my biggest reason that I don't like seeing DeAndre and and increasingly, quite frankly, Dwight on the floor is because they're not that good anymore. They are not the best players the team has, and ultimately, the Lakers need to be playing the best players that they had. Like, and I, I, you know, as we've talked a lot about Frank Vogel's job security and we've been critical, I, you know, I think I am, I am probably more sympathetic than the average Lakers fan uh, to the, the, the situation that he's in. I, you have to at least give him credit. He is trying all kinds of stuff. Sometimes I think fans think he's trying too much. I think sometimes fans think he is, uh, you know, trying too many things that probably, you would know like Avery Bradley and Dwight together on the floor, whatever it might be. Question of identity to me is one that when you look forward to where the Lakers can go is something that is sorely missing from this team. So we'll talk about it next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Bet Online. Back better than ever with a new web interface for the basketball season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, your number one spot for all basketball, football action this season. Head to the new Updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive said bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the games start. So, um, whether you're trying, there, there are a thousand reasons, Andy, that we could all name, and we know them all with the injuries and the the roster turnover and all that, where identity becomes a, a challenge. Um, the but the one it, it is it's really clear when you see them in a game like they were in on Wednesday, uh, when you see them fighting to try to come back against the Knicks, when you see them lose their integrity in in places which causes them to fall into these gigantic holes and all this other stuff that 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 they keep doing one of the things that struck me on wednesday was just when it's time to come back when it's time to lean on something or the thing that teams can do to be like you know what this is what we're going to be nothing's going right but we know we are this team this is the ace in the hole right 2010 the title year we know god Damn, we can't score to save our bleeping lives, but we can lock you down for a quarter and a half and claw our way back into a game or push ahead or do something. 
Um, last year, I think you know defense was still probably in the end the thing when things were going. You well. meant 2020, yeah. correct? Not 2010. Yes, thank you. The title year. Oh, well, okay, that I was, was like also two, a title year. No, but I was going to say 2010. I think the thing they leaned back on was Kobe, Kobe and Pow. <laughs> but but um, I don't remember everything from that season. No, that's <laughs> so, a blur. I, no, I should probably Google it. Yeah, 2020. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know the the when they when they won the the title yeah. year. Yes. Uh, you know, but anyway, last year. Um, that I think ultimately they could still lean on defense. It was like, that's the thing that makes us, you know, what we yeah. are, whatever it might, they don't, I don't, they don't know what they are because I mean, it's hard because they're bad at virtually everything right now, offensively and defensively in the aggregate. And that's a hard thing, you know, 20, as you're starting to get to 25, as you get towards halfway through the season to not know what it is that you are. So sometimes, like you say, the small lineup works, LeBron at center, um, running like you know, all the they have certain things that they do well, but I have no sense that they understand what their fundamental identity is as a group. Well, to be fair to everybody involved, it's extremely difficult to build an identity, regardless of whether or not you think the pieces that they have work to build whatever they want. When you haven't been able to play everybody on a yeah, I, basis. again, and, I, I completely well, but I'm acknowledge just, the circumstances. No, no, but but I'm saying it it is understandable and I would say even predictable that they don't mm-hmm. know what that identity is because going back to the preseason, they haven't been able to just lay a foundation, even a foundation that they get wrong. You know, even if they, even the ability to misidentify yourself hasn't been there for this team because they've had supporting guys in and out of the lineup. They've had the big three in and out of the lineup. We, we mentioned in the last podcast, they've played 140 minutes together this season LeBron, AD, and Russ over now 20 games. Right. That number did not go up on Wednesday because obviously because AD wasn't there. And there there is no feasible way that a brand new group with no template to fall back on is going to have any idea what their identity is. They can have some ideas in theory. Like you said before, they definitely want to be a team that gets up and down in transition. And they certainly have been looking to do that. They try, and, yeah. And try. They 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 try to make that happen. They're not as able as they want to because that relies in part on the defense that they haven't built up yet. But I I think in some ways this is going to come down to Frank Vogel having to decide really okay what is the thing that they can do the most, and then whatever I decide that is, I have to try to build around that. And even if it isn't necessarily the thing that I personally want the most, which, you know, in Vogel's case is always going to be defense. You have to decide what you are. I also think another way that Vogel, in order to discover this, is going to have to be more flexible in terms of his of his typical wants or approach. I think it would help to discover that identity if they shorten the rotation. I think it is difficult at times to land on exactly what you want and the rhythms for that goal playing 10 guys. I, yeah, I think it played would, nine on Wednesday, right? But, but that's yeah. only because AD wasn't there. AD would have played there. ten. Um, Probably. I I think it would help to get to like eight, eight and a half. I I think that might actually give them a bit more of a rhythm well, to to try to discover this. I, I I think that's I think that's true. I mean, it, you know, if you can play the same, you know, the same. Nine, eight, eight, nine, I think nine is probably a more realistic number where like the ninth guy isn't playing 
you know, 23 minutes, but he's, yeah. you know, in there nine, nine is a, a caveat being guys number. actually stay healthy enough to do this, but that's, yeah. but that's part of it. And there's that. And then at some point, you know, we go back to the conversations that we had in training camp where it becomes like, you know, geez, I wonder, you know, as, as, as effective as a guy like Malik Monk can be, or we saw on Wednesday, Wayne Ellington hit four of his six, three pointers. And, you know, these are huge, huge, uh, impactful things. Uh, for a Lake for the Lakers offense, thirty one points between the two of those guys. We've also seen nights where you know I think it was in New York. Those guys I believe were two of ten from three point range, uh, and were incredibly inefficient. And since neither one of them is exactly uh, you know Gary Payton in the backcourt, when they're not hitting shots, it becomes very difficult to play them. I think the the other part that is difficult for the identity aspect of it. I agree with you. I think they would love to play the same nine guys in 80% of the games, mixing dudes in and out based on foul trouble injuries or whatever. I mean, that was, I mean, that was Vogel's stated preference in training camp is to have a consistent lineup with consistent starting. Some of this gets back to the roster shortcomings that they have where it's hard to settle on the, the, the nine guys that you want when five of them, even by role player standards are, both inconsistent and one dimensional. And so I think that becomes difficult. This is where, you know, to, to our conversation earlier in the week, THT being a consistent two way player. I'm not talking about an all-star six man of the year, but just something where you know what you're going to get most nights becomes really important. Austin Reeves, who's probably the most predictable player they have on the bench becomes really important in a scenario like that in terms of if you want to think about it as an identity question. Well, because I, then you can be the same thing night after night after night. Well, once you start getting more guys available permanently, and you know, Reeves is somebody we were talking about LeBron playing more at the five and maybe maybe looking to unlock something with that where I, I think you could this is again, obviously AD is going to be back, but you're talking about the minutes where Anthony Davis is not playing center for you. Are there alternatives to either Dwight or DeAndre as, as much as possible, you know, having somebody like Austin Reeves out there who is by Laker standards, a very big guard makes it that much easier to do that. That's why Trevor Reza, God willing, he ever plays on this team. Even if he only plays 15 minutes a night, that gives you more of the ability to do something like that. But mm-hmm. I also think it can give them defensively, if you go with LeBron at the five, and LeBron actually I thought made a really interesting point with uh, Mike Trudell, who cover, who's the sideline reporter for the Lakers station, about how when he plays at center, he's able to call out coverages, not just accurately, but really, really quickly. Like he's able to anticipate a lot of looks from your opponents mm-hmm. because he's got such a high basketball IQ. He recognizes everything. He's able to tell other guys where to go. And if you're going with that type of a small lineup, there's obviously going to be some issues uh, in terms of rebounding or in terms of size that you may give up, but mm-hmm. at least you can lean into the idea of we are quick defensively. We can rotate, assuming we're you know we're mobile, on, we're switchy. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, assuming yeah. we're on our proverbial bleep, we can actually get to places quickly, as opposed to sort of this mishmash they have of a big guy in the middle, but that isn't particularly mobile and four other guys who aren't necessarily capable of funneling towards that big guy. I think this is all part of the identity thing you're talking about. Like right. LeBron, LeBron more at the five, or I think even in a pinch, 
Mello at the five. It's not going to fix everything, well, but no, in but certain ways, it, it makes more sense. It, it just right. gives it's an you some It becomes an extension of the yes. idea that the Lakers play small with AD at the five. Because ultimately, like LeBron at center is not a lineup that you're going to use as much as they did on Wednesday. No, when AD will be back because AD is you know going to be playing 35 minutes a night. What it is though um, is a way to kind of lean further into what you're really doing by playing Davis at the five, which is we're a team that's playing without a traditional center. Right. If you want to stretch the definition, I mean, Anthony Davis seems in many ways like a traditional center to me, but like you can be, but like you understand my point. Doesn't um, seem like in one terms of, of size, um, and, you know, skill set. No, he is not a traditional back to the basket ever, but size wise. Um, so yeah, let's let's finish. I got a couple, one more, couple more things about this. I want to talk about it before we get to Dwight. Um, but we'll do it. We'll do it next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving. All the food that comes with it, all the encouragement with that food. But you got to offset that decadence with something that's not pure calorie sugar, and that's where Built Bar enters the equation. The new holiday dessert. You feast on something that tastes great, but you don't have to feel guilty about it. You can replace the coconut cream pie. You know, from Thanksgiving, the upcoming holidays. You got your Christmas, you got your Hanukkah, you got everything coming up, and you go with a coconut built bar instead. Go with a raspberry built bar instead of the traditional traditional Hanukkah pie. Yes, what the, the, the hell's the matter with you? The traditional raspberry pie of Hanukkah. You are I flailing that. about <laughs> no with dude, your Hanukkah pies. Go, no, go read it, man. It's the sixth night. Every sixth night of Hanukkah, you celebrate with a raspberry the miracle pie. of pie. Yes, that exactly was in my that was in my beat. Haftorah. I remember that. <laughs> low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein covered in 100% chocolate and nothing like a built bar Black Friday. Be listening for it's just a huge event, all sorts of surprises. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. 6 night of Hanukkah raspberry pie. Okay, Rabbi. Um, so, <laughs> I just it, when I'm in touch with my roots. <laughs> <laughs> I think your roots want to have a conversation with you. Um, like, there, what the other part of this that makes it really hard it, 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 in terms of like finishing up this identity conversation. Um, you know, defensively. Like at least it feels like at least in theory, like if they if they leaned into what they were defensively playing without the center, like it's not going to function the way I think they would always like. You know, we saw in, even in Indiana where they where they worked hard. There were a couple possessions where Indiana got you know two, three, four, five bites at the uh, at the proverbial apple. Um, you know, on on different possessions, um, a couple moments where they gave up just some really terrible offensive rebounds, and. Like that's gonna happen, but at least in theory, the other thing that 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 they you get out of they sort of leaning into this concept of small um, and just rolling with it is that it would push you more towards those things where you ought to be able to thrive offensively. And as much as time as we spend on the defense with the Lakers. They've had far more moments over the course of the season where I think they look like they've either locked in or made improvement or at least show some capability defensively than I think offense. I think offense has been far uglier on a more regular basis this year 
than the defense has been. It's just people focus on defense because it's been the identity of this team for a couple years and defense wins championships and all these other things. Frank Vogel's a defensive coach and so on. It gets a little bit more attention. The offense has been really bad. And so smaller lineups, quicker lineups, more offensive, like ought to help them with you know the the running and the pace and the the type of play that they want to do on the other side of the ball. Yeah, I I think people have focused more on the defense with this team because the offense, the issues that they've had has felt more justifiable or understandable just because you've had LeBron in and out of the lineup so often, you've had AD in and out of the lineup, you've been missing Taylor Horton Tucker, you've been missing a guy like Kendrick Nunn who's supposed to juice things. Russ is a guy whose inefficiencies are always most stark at the beginning of the season, or I guess, according to some skeptics, during the playoffs. But the the offense has felt, I think, to a lot of people, like something that could eventually get smoothed out with the gift of continuity. Well, there's Whereas, the, at the very least, there's the expectation that the offense is sure. supposed to be good where people thought the defense could suck anyway. Right. That's my point. Is okay. the the uh, I believe it was George W. Bush who said the soft bigotry of low expectations that's that's what you're dealing with with the defense. I don't think there's yeah. a lot of people who have faith that they can get past a certain threshold anyway, and it's ultimately the offense that's going to end up having to carry it. You know what I mean? Like the, the offense is actually what's going to, I think in a, the eyes of a lot of people, make or break this team because that's what it's built to do in theory. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's an interesting way of putting it. Like, you know, the the when the defense plays well, it's almost found money. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, but anyway, we'll see what it looks like going forward because you know the Lakers have a straight. You know, you get Sacramento they, they, again. Some 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 games, especially back at home, uh, where that are winnable, mixed in with some really significant challenges. But you know, at the very least, it's set up for the big three to have time to play together. Assuming Anthony Davis is over his flu by Friday. LeBron is healthy again. Westbrook is healthy. Knock on wood, AD is there. And, it, and you know, that's the part that needs to to come together um, as much as anything. And they'll they'll fill in the supporting cast. Dwight Howard it was a GQ. Gave yeah, a, uh, a really interesting interview. Yeah, with uh, Tyler Tyne, Tyler Tynes, who's been killing it with GQ in general and the mm-hmm. NBA interviews that he does. He's just good writer, good interviewer. But uh, Dwight. Dwight opened up on a lot of different stuff in terms of his personal life, his love of animals and roses, um, his thoughts on the lack of, I guess, ESPN and media shine that he's getting with the team this year. And I, I thought there were a lot of interesting aspects to it. Um, he, he clarified he's now down to thir- about 13 snakes, Brian. At one point, he had about 50, but he's down to 13. He considers just, I mean, there, if you're looking for a By the way, he just let the rest of them go. Well, if you're looking for a connection, <laughs> he didn't do that. <laughs> this is in Ireland. Um, if you're looking for like a connection, be free, my friends. Between uh, Dwight's and snakes, he considers snakes uh, to have quote a bad rap. They're very docile creatures, very silent, and don't do a lot of moving unless they're outside their cages. I think they're amazing. Reptiles can teach you how to be still. And at the risk of reading too much into Dwight, I think Dwight is somebody. Who has a very? Say, do you think time. they're maybe, maybe 
could be a little projection there. Yes. Um, although he did say that uh, his snake Minnie, uh, which is short for Minnie Mouse, that's her uh, government name, uh, bit him one time, and Christian she name. she knew eventually that uh, immediately that she did wrong. She balled up like, "Man, I shouldn't have done this. I wasn't mad or anything." Dwight said, "I was hurt. It just felt bad that she was afraid like that." Like Dwight really feels like he's got this kinship with these snakes. Like he talked about how he got the idea for starting up what is apparently a huge rose garden. Um, he was visiting a friend of Oprah Winfrey's and this guy had like a massive rose garden. And he said he thought maybe they had like a hundred different types of roses. And he thought that he wanted to add this to, uh, as he said, his repertoire. We've talked actually with Dwight before about, about farming. farming. He's a farmer. Yeah. He, and a he's a farm in Georgia, like a yeah, real he, working farm. Very serious about that. Um, but he said that like, as a kid, quote, I would hear people say, stop, stop and smell the roses. Now I try to do that a lot, basically say, slow down, which I think reflects both Dwight trying to be more introspective. I think it's also reflective of how Dwight is very much into anything sort of new agey, spiritual. Like you could sell Dwight easily like $3 million worth of crystals. Like I, I, if I you, if you somebody sh- has, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably true. Or like I'll, help explain some of, you know, the different, you know, th- elixirs, that, yeah. sages, you know, tonics, stuff like that. Tonics. <laughs> yeah. And Dwight, I think Dwight would make those purchases. Um, Monorails. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, uh, we can quit on this. I just, I, one of the things that I, I do having done this now for almost, we've been doing this for almost 20 years, really. Um, it is, we we get to know players and people over a long stretch of time because if somebody is in the league for a long time, it's 10 years, 12 years, 15 years, you know, LeBron James, 20 years, you know, where you're around them. And that is a long time. But you also, you get these guys at, you know, a very specific time in their lives. And they come from a very, like, but this this isn't the totality of their entire life. Dwight Howard, you know, God willing, is going to live another 50 years before, you know, uh, you know, and all these other things. And so it it is always interesting to watch people try to figure out who they are in real time in the public. And whether it's Dwight or more broadly other people uh, in, in the professional athlete career, particularly when you're talking about guys who are younger in their 20s, you know, mid-20s, you know. I don't always think we give them enough space to understand that aspect of it, that they are doing all this stuff and they're all these other, while trying, you know, the, the rest of us will be figuring out exactly what kind of person we are. And Dwight, um, because of that background we talked about, work is working through it. Um, yeah. Still that's why in real time. To- that's what he's doing when he talks about crystals and snakes. and Well, the crystals thing I made up, uh, but right, he but- does want to have giraffes in his yard. Uh, which Who I don't doesn't? blame him, by the way. I I love giraffes. Giraffes. You ever are... stayed at Disney's Magic Kingdom in in Orlando? It is the best thing about that is you wake up, you walk outside, and your balcony is a freaking giraffe right there. It is giraffes are awesome. Yeah, not counting you know like domestic dogs, cats, like stuff that you could realistically have if you don't have the means of say I don't know Dwight Howard. Giraffes may be my favorite animals on this planet. I just think they are endlessly I, fascinating. I don't I blame love... him for wanting to cultivate them. Absolutely. I love animals where you can absolutely 100% in like the most stark and easy to understand terms, get the, 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 uh, the evolutionary part of it. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Long neck, tall trees eat the leaves up there. Like that's how, that's how we 
giraffe began to thrive over horses or zebras over there. Yeah. Like I just like it is it's very good. Like the tongue that rat like all of this stuff that to me is just completely fascinating. So kudos to giraffes and for Dwight to opening up for GQ. Um anyway, I hope everybody had a great holiday. Uh and uh this will be some interesting stuff to talk about on Monday with the Lakers again Friday against Sacramento. And then the the big rematch against Detroit is Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't think uh, somehow they're going to play this game without LeBron or Isaiah Stewart in the same room at the same time. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, everybody have a great weekend. See you on Monday.